We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve Perez, joined as always by dusty evely sarah keller and special guest donatello the frog down in florida what's going on guys sarah how are you and your uh, your best friend doing all right, I just want to make it clear that I do not own a pet frog and that <laughs> this is the frog that's outside my window. Um, we've gone over this before. Where yes, I report- but we've, we've named him now. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and that's fine, and I'm, I'm open to it, you know. I'm not, I don't have anything against the frog, but I just, it's not like the frog is in my apartment with me right now, and I just have it, like, chilling next to me as we're getting ready to record, so. But other than that, I mean, I'm great. So I'm excited to talk some Packers, even though there isn't a ton of stuff going on. But we always find, you know, some way to chat about it and have a good time. So, And we do have to, uh, before we get to Dusty, say a, a brief congratulations mm-hmm. to Sarah. She has now officially eclipsed 100 Pack-A-Day episodes. Uh, so you're, you're officially super, super nerdy and talk way too much about the Packers on a podcast. So congratulations, hey. Sarah. Thanks. And hey, I'll, I'll be a Packers nerd any day. So, but really grateful mm-hmm. that um, I've hit 100. It's hard to believe. And, you know, just glad I get to do this with you guys. I know probably 95% of the episodes, with the exception of a few, have been um, shared with the two of you. So excited for the next 100 um, and all that's to come. Jesse, what's going on with you, man? Not much, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that our um, our mascot, our little frog mascot, is back. It's exciting to kind of hear his his lovely voice kind of hanging out there in the background. But yeah, like Sarah said, I'm I'm excited to be here. Excited to talk. Not a ton of Packer stuff. We'll get into that in a bit. But uh, you know, there were men in Green Bay throwing a football around and hitting each other with pads and whatnot so that's always exciting even if there's not a whole lot there's still there's something to talk about so uh yeah doing good doing good you're right there is something to talk about aaron Rodgers wore a t-shirt guys i don't know if you saw this but apparently he's offended mm-hmm. i that's all I got. I, it's a T-shirt. I don't care. I like, legitimately, I believe that Aaron Rodgers knew exactly what would happen by wearing said T-shirt, so he was having some fun with it, just trolling like the the master troll that he is, and, and just laughing his his ass all the way, uh, you know, back to his mansion. And then, um, but what did you have a take? Like it, it, everybody wants to know because we got multiple questions about it tonight, and people want to know if we're offended, if we're what the T-shirt means so let's this we'll take this brief minute or two of time to talk about the t-shirt so sarah did did you have a takeaway from aaron i can't even say it (laughs) do you have a takeaway from aaron Rodgers t-shirt oh my god honestly i thought this was great like i thought this was a good sign for the packers like if you're a packers fan or you're the packers and you want aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback in 2021 I think it's good that he's kind of joking about the situation because in my mind, it's like, all right, maybe this isn't as big of a deal as we all think it is. And maybe Roger's just like, oh, you know, he is a troll. We know that. Like, that is a fact. And maybe he's just leaning into the joke. He's like, listen, you know, things are a little messy. 
whatever. I'm just going to stir things up even more to make the internet lose their minds. But I think if he was truly pissed off at the Packers so much and he didn't want to come back and this wasn't a fixable issue, I don't think he would have done that. I think this is going to be okay. And that he's just kind of trolling because he knows he can and he has all the attention, so why not? So I, I was like, all right, to me, like that this that made it seem like it wasn't as serious as maybe it's been perceived to be. But who knows? I'm probably completely wrong. I also said Aaron Jones was, wasn't going to be on the Packers and they re-signed him. So, you know, I've been here 100 episodes, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I'm wrong probably. but Still still spewing hot trash. It's all right. Yep, exactly. 100 episodes of horrible takes. So that's it. <laughs> I want to believe in Sarah's take. I mean, partially because that means, you know, this is, this is again, fixable. He'll be back. Everything will be happy, blah, blah, blah. But the other part of me, like, is, <laughs> if, if this really was like, I mean, I'm just going to really stick it to him, man. This is, this is going to be awesome. And then his thing is to wear a t-shirt. That's kind of not great. That's, that's kinda, lame. That's, that's real so lame. lame. That's real, real lame. If that's like his, and granted, you know, he's not been talking and all of that stuff, but if that's his big, I'm going to stick it to the team. And it's to wear a t-shirt that says <laughs> I'm offended with like an emoji on there man you gotta step up your game but yeah i mean i think it's so it, like everything else here it's really hard to read what's going on we just know that rogers likes messing around with people and he likes screwing around with whatever situation he's in and that's what he's doing and i have no idea how to read it i don't know if this is good i don't know if this is bad i don't even know that i care that much i just know that it's something that people talked about for a while today and uh and aaron Rodgers got his jollies i guess and uh you know and that's and that's great and then we'll talk about this until he wears another t-shirt i assume uh, it was also a black t-shirt so maybe he is hinting that he wants to go play for the raiders i mean that's uh mm-hmm. clearly something that that we should we should glean yeah, from that conversation maybe i'm offended was really like an anagram and we need to like <laughs> rearrange all the letters and figure it out and it could spell out like a team a city something like that somebody listening I know you'll do that. So let us That's know. A, everybody's homework assignment who's listening right now. Continue listening to this podcast and can f- figure out what an I'm offended anagram is. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Good job. Um, so, yeah, we we did have a little bit of football. Uh, very, very few veterans were there today, I believe. Uh, Dusty, who was it? It was Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones and Chris Barnes were, probably, were the only returning starters that were there today. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, uh, I know there's a there's a couple videos that were out and not, like nothing too big. Uh, any big takeaways from that at all for you? Jordan Love um, threw the ball to Aaron Jones. Um, <laughs> Jordan Love hit a net. Uh, Joe, uh, Aaron Jones ran through uh, cones. You know, did anybody tackle a donut? No, no tackling donuts. No, that was a little Ooh. upsetting. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. I mean, this was it was almost like hey, it almost felt like last day of school type stuff, right? Where it was like, listen, whoever shows up shows up. And we're just gonna like we're gonna walk through a couple things. I mean, Lafleur talked about this a week or two ago, where it's like we're we're getting to know each other and we're learning how to practice. We're just running through some drills and stuff. And now when Amari Rogers talked, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more in a bit, he talked about just learning the playbook, just knowing what his role is supposed to be. So you like kind of half speeded through that stuff and it makes sense. But yeah, you watch those videos and it was definitely the, uh, the, the least amount of anyone exerting any kind of effort in these videos than we've seen to date. So not, not a whole lot to glean. There was, you know, nets and people running half speed against no defense. Blake Bortles caught a pass from the fifth string quarterback. So yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah. A lot, a lot of big stuff today. A lot of big stuff to report on. Lots of stuff to talk about. So, mm-hmm. Uh, that will be that means that uh, when you guys are listening to this, this is Wednesday so that means Thursday Matt LaFleur will speak to uh, you know reporters and everything to kind of wrap up the whole offseason program so that'll be really exciting but we did have a couple of press conferences today first three picks of the Packers for the 2021 draft so Stokes Myers and Amari Rogers. Uh, both of you got to listen to it a little bit today. So, Sarah, tell me what's your uh, – a couple little takeaways or nuggets that you had from that. Yeah, so, you know, there were there were some interesting things, but the majority of the press conferences kind of followed the theme of the practice. They were pretty typical. It's nothing crazy. Um, but a couple things came out. Um, you know, Eric Stokes, he talked a little bit about Jair Alexander, got a couple questions about him, you know, now that the veterans – came last week and they've had time to kind of get to know the rookies face to face. Um, Eric Stokes said that his first impression of 
Jair was just like, hey, that dude is a freak. Um, and so I thought that was funny. And um, I'm excited. It seems like the two of them are building a good relationship. And obviously, I mean, what better person to learn from than one of the best corners in the league? So um, I think, you know, Stokes is in a great position there. Uh, he also talked a lot about the, about the importance of speed and how that's going to be a big thing um, for the Packers secondary and just locking down guys in that way. Um, and then Josh Myers was, um, you know, it was he was Josh Myers. He just kind of seems like he he he's there. He does his job. He does a good job. And then he's like, all right, I'll wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. Um, but that's good. We love consistency, especially on the offensive line. Um, and he really was just talking a lot about how much this means to him, how much it means to be at, um, to him, for him to be on the Packers, and you know. People were reporting that he was getting some good reps, some with you know some of the more veteran offensive linemen last week, um, and he just said it means a lot to kind of get those reps, and that he's just going to work every single day and um, to try to improve. You know, typical NFL answer there. Um, and then Amari Rogers, uh, the big thing for me was uh, he said he finally got to connect with uh, Devontae in person. And Dusty, I know you're going to talk a little more about the two of them. Um, but he said he had a chance to pick his brain. And I mean, that's music to my ears. Love to hear that. Um, and that, you know, he's just a great guy and he's excited to learn from him. So it really seems like, you know, between Stokes and with Amari Rogers, that there's a lot of, you know, great opportunities for some of these young guys to learn from some of the veteran players on the Packers. Um, and I know that is a thing that people always try to do, but it seems like personality wise Stokes and Alexander mesh pretty well. And then same with um, Rogers and Adams. So I'm excited to see, you know, how that, how they grow and how they learn from these other guys games. But those are really, you know, my big takeaways from the media availabilities after practice on Tuesday. Yeah. And I mean, for Josh Myers, one of the big Josh Myers thing to take away was they asked him about line calls and he said he made, you know, all the line calls uh, on the, the past game and run game while at Ohio state. So if that, that's likely a responsibility he's going to be taking over and he's got, uh, you know, he's got, got some experience with that um, at the college level. So that's, that's always nice to hear, but yeah, the, the Mario Rogers one, I man, I just love listening to Mario Rogers. I mean, he grew up uh, very close to football, you know, his dad being T Martin. He talked a lot about kind of his connections to that Tennessee program and a lot of the guys he looked up to when he was younger and all of that. And so kind of on the back of that, you know, they asked him, you know, what's different being here? What What is different than being in college? And he said, well, you know, he said it's different from terminology standpoint more or less and and you know routes are the same he said football's football but i mean you could tell i mean throughout the course of him talking he kept talking about like what is what's he doing what's he doing it's all he's learning the playbook He's studying the playbook. He wants to make sure, like, he knows this thing inside and out. So, I mean, he's very much, and this was kind of known about him coming in, but hearing him talk about this, you could just hear all of the times he's kind of talking about, like, the most important thing to me. He kept saying, keep my body in shape, make sure I'm in shape, make sure I know the playbook inside and out. Uh, so, I mean, just, just hearing that from him, I thought was awesome. And then, yeah, Sarah alluded to, to him talking to Devontae Adams. He said from the time he was a freshman at Clemson, he would there's you know guys on staff there and he would say hey you know especially in the off season can you get me cut ups of every release from Devonte adams and he said that was his main guy he looked at uh, there was uh, he had five guys he listed it was Devonte adams Stephon Diggs, Antonio Brown, Sterling Shepard, and Anthony Miller, just for different aspects of their game. He said number one on the list was always Devontae Adams. His release, his route running, his intelligence, kind of what he was doing, that was always the guy he studied. So he said just be able to sit down with that guy. Cause, you know, Last week was the first time I met him in person. He used to be able to sit down with him and pick his brain about all of those things, having studied him all that much. I mean, you could tell he was, he was excited to have met him and also just like, I mean, the main thing was just, what can I learn from this guy? You know, I've been watching him for years. What can I learn? And so just, again, you could combine that with the playbook stuff i i came out of that it was like a 10 minute conversation i came out of that and was like boy mario rogers is gonna be one of my favorite players on the team uh which i kind of assumed already but uh i'm i'm really excited to see him on the field just just kind of listening to him talk about with the time he's putting in and kind of what he's trying to pick up along the way as well so if aaron Rodgers gets traded do you think they give him number 12 would they would they move <laughs> i mean it's it's, it's seamless because they just people want they don't want to have to trade jerseys and that mm-hmm. way they've got a new I mean, I think that that makes sense, right? It'd be helpful. It'd be helpful for everyone with an Aaron Rodgers jersey, yeah. Sure, exactly. All right, guys. Uh, Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers was not on it, but a former Packer, James Jones, was on it. 
And uh, we, we've seen this quite a bit from James Jones, but he says he talks to Aaron Rodgers a lot. He says along with A.J. Hawk, and these seem to be like the two guys that say they talk to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers a lot, and that the situation is fixable. And that James Jones has offered, um, you know, he's putting it out in the world that he will get in a room with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers brass and fix everything. So, I mean, at what point do uh, the people uh, at Lambeau Field just start giving James Jones a call and be like, all right, man, what you got for us? Like, what's going to happen here? So, Dusty, do you believe that James Jones can fix everything? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I believe James Jones can fix everything. It doesn't matter what topic we're currently talking about. I believe James Jones can fix it. I mean, well, I think we've talked about it before, but I mean, it, James Jones, AJ Hawk, like these guys that know Rogers so well, I don't think they say these things out of turn. I don't say, I don't think they say these things without, you know, communicating to Rogers. Hey, you know, I, I might say this. What do you think? Like I, it, not to say everything they say, they pass through him, but I don't think they t- talk that boldly about Aaron Rodgers without Aaron Rodgers basically saying, yeah, man, that, that's fine. Or at least talking through some of the messaging or whatever with him. So I believe that if James Jones says that, sure, man. Like, I think I, like Sarah said, kind of early on, I think it's probably not as far gone as a lot of people have made it out to be. And if James Jones is saying that, again, I'm inclined to believe him, both because he talks to Aaron Rodgers and because he's James Jones, and I just believe him in general. I mean, he's he seems like I know people have run into him at Lambeau Field during tours and stuff. Like I think he still has a pretty close relationship with the Packers organization and apparently Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, listen, man, if the Packers want to fix this, get I'll, I'll 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 drive James Jones there, man. Listen, like if the Packers say yes, there's a thousand ways for us to get him there. Um, so yeah, I I, I believe him. The first, so the first you know few times people close to Aaron Rodgers had said like this is fixable, you know this is this is okay. I was a little apprehensive about it because I just thought, well, you know maybe they don't want this to like blow up and get out of control like it has. Um, but now, it, this is a, a constant and consistent thing. People that are close to Aaron Rodgers, Bakhtiari has, you know, he hasn't, ex- like, straight up said it, but he's kind of alluded to the fact, too, like, you know, this could be fine. It could all work out. And so I think this is a really good thing for the Packers. You know, if they truly do want Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback this fall, like, I, I think it's okay. Like, I think, we, like we said before, this is a fixable thing. And as more people closer to Rogers start to speak up, they're all saying the same thing. And the same thing is that it's fixable. So I think it's a good sign. I mean, if he wants James Jones, we're waiting. Like, we don't want to hear about this anymore. So by all means, bring everybody together. Um, and then we can all hold hands and sing Kumbaya and move on and just pretend like this never happened because I'm so tired of hearing about this. I'm so tired of dissecting Aaron Rodgers' clothing. So, like, <laughs> let's just let's just fix this. If it is fixable, let's fix it. And let's move on. So I know things take time, but, like, I hope baby steps are happening behind the scenes because, God, this has been quite the off season. It's it's so annoying. I don't even want to go on Twitter because it's just it's annoying, and it's it's because every stupid little thing gets dissected by 
and I mean, I follow uh, like three quarters of the things that I, the people that I follow are all related to the Packers. So it everybody has their take, and it's just boom, 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 boom. Like in this whole timeline, I'm like, okay, got the gist of it. I'm done for a good 24 hours here. So yeah, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of the whole thing, just like you, Sarah. I'm just I'm ready for the resolution. I'm fascinated to see what it's going to be. Because, you know, if this is a fixable situation, what is, what is the solution here? Like, what is Aaron Rodgers' need that he hasn't gotten yet from the Packers? I don't know what it is. I don't think anybody knows what it is And besides him. And whenever he is finally ready, like, it'll all be brought, brought into the daylight. But until that happens, man, it's just going to be – it's going to be nonstop uh, off-season content for the Pack-A-Day podcast is what it's going to be. So. You sound offended, Steve. It's, it's... <laughs> slightly. Slightly offended. These are supposed to be the, the, like, the dull drum days where we talk about like ice cream drafts that Sarah sent us. And, you know, I again, like I have this vision of a, a trial of Aaron Rodgers. Well, technically that would be fun because that would be part of Aaron Rodgers. So I can't hold that part against him. But, <laughs> you know, this is where we come up with just stupid, stupid content that everybody seems to enjoy. But no, because of Aaron Rodgers, we're not allowed to do that now. So. However, we shall move on. It is time uh, time for your questions because you guys delivered today. Like, there's there's so many questions. We are not getting to all of these. So thank you guys, as always, for your Twitter questions. Uh, make sure you're following all of us at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4. And just to clarify, Sarah, there aren't three other Sarah Kellehers that have that exact one. Just, just, just You just like that because that was your number, right? That was, yeah. your, that was your yeah. jersey number? No, okay. Yeah, four is my favorite number, so um, it's always been Sarah Kelleher four. But, yeah, there's a lot of other Sarah Kellehers spelled a little different out there. You know, you can, if you look on Facebook or some of the other platforms. But, no, it wasn't because the name was taken. It was just because I like the number four. Because she wanted to be super cool. Mm-hmm. First question, Scott it from Scottish Packers fan. Apart from football, what is your favorite sport? And has that sport changed anything about the way you think about football? Uh, could be strategies, uh, statistic, uh, statistics, aesthetics, the business side of things, fan culture, stadiums, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, Sarah, let's start with you. What's your other favorite sport? Yeah, so my other favorite sport besides football is, is definitely soccer. So the other football. Um, and, you know, I played soccer all growing up, started when I was five, played until when I graduated high school. And then I played competitively on travel teams from when I was seven to, you know, 18 years old. So that was a big part of my life. Um, and, you know, I didn't watch a lot of soccer when I was young. I'd watch every now and then. I watch it a lot more now because I miss it. Before, I was like, I do this every single day and I don't want to watch it when I play it every single day. Um, but I think, you know, s- uh, soccer has taught me a lot about culture and how that can really influence a team. I've been on teams that aren't the best teams in the world, but we had a really good culture and like family vibe and we were more successful than some of the other teams I've been on that were maybe more talented. Um, And then, you know, as far as like watching soccer and, you know, strategies and tactics, I think, you know, both being a fan of football and soccer has taught me the importance of like film and actually studying, like breaking things down, like what Dusty does all the time. Um, You know, I used to, I don't really, you know, admittedly watch a ton of football film beyond like what Dusty puts out and what some other people (laughs) put out on the timeline. But with soccer, like when I played, like we used to have a scouting report on teams that we would play and like, it's crazy how much you learn like watching that. So I think, you know, like that side of thing are, is really important. Um, and, you know, the work that people do in film is kind of underrated in a way um, because it can really be beneficial. And um, it's, it's crazy, you know, what people do just like on Twitter. And I can't imagine what, you know, people that are actually working with the teams and like going out and getting film and all of that are doing too. So I think, you know, that's an important part of it. And, I think culture kind of plays into the business side too. Like you can't treat your people like crap 
and expect them to really want to be there and perform for you. And that, that, that kind of just goes for anything. Like you could say that about any job or any company or anything like that. And I think with sports, it's the same. So yeah, for me, it's, it's baseball. Um, I grew up, baseball was my favorite sport, uh, football over took that you know a little while ago but baseball is still very much number two uh big big tigers fan and for me as far as like what what kind of i guess bled over there is is uh advanced statistics i mean baseball was kind of bigger on that earlier um, i was into baseball prospectus before i was into at the time it was football prospectus when they first started now it's football outsiders but um some of the advanced metrics um kind of you know before kind of pff came on and and started blowing up and everyone was was looking at that stuff the very early football outsiders dvoa uh dyar that kind of stuff i mean that 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 love, that interest of, of the advanced stats came from baseball because baseball was on that stuff earlier as far as what you could measure. I mean, it makes sense that they were on that earlier, but kind of got into baseball, the sabermetric movement first. And then I was like, oh, hey, they do this for football as well. That's cool. And so I started getting into football outsiders and, and you know, just it's a it's a different way to look at the game. Um, you know, I do, do the film stuff and then the, uh, you know, the stats kind of tell the different story. So you try to marry those things together. But uh, that's I think that's one of the big things I took from baseball is just how they how that's looked at, how that's measured, um, what you can kind of learn from some of the advanced stats kind of, you know, it's not the end all be all. It's it's clearly not it's not the Bible there. You kind of look at all things, but uh, but how you kind of look at these stats and how they can tell some of the bigger picture that that's definitely something that I grabbed from baseball and kind of carried over to football. Uh, I'm the same way. I was uh, my first love was always baseball, like the Brewers, Robin Young, Paul Molitor. Like that was, I, I was obsessed. Like that was, I was gonna be a professional baseball player when I grew up. That was my, that was my jam. Like, why, why bother with school when you can be a baseball player? That was, a, that was my thought as a kid. But I always loved it, and I loved it, and I loved going to baseball games whenever I could. I would I like I lived in Korea for a couple of years and I would go to I had I, I legit still have a South Korean baseball jersey and you know name on the back is in Korean writing and stuff and it was it was always awesome and I think maybe my biggest takeaway from from baseball and you know doing the like going to a, a foreign land and going to games and going to minor league baseball games and stuff like that is stadium wise like I, I still it still gets like irks me that that these owners of stadium the owners of stadiums and teams and stuff like that just charge arm and a leg for all the food all the drinks all the things like that 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 you know take like what the Atlanta Falcons are doing they they got reception saying like saying that you know we, we feel you're charging us too much money for these things and they just made it like a very simple system of you know it's not super expensive for burgers for brats for hot dogs whatever it is for beers like but i mean when you're getting charged 12 bucks for a beer at a packer game like i love the packers and sure i'll pay it and that's kind of the way the system works is that people are gonna pay it so they're gonna charge it but like it just—it's one of those things that makes you feel like you're being taken advantage of, and that—that that still irks me from seeing the way that other, you know, baseball teams, stadiums operate. So I think that would be my biggest takeaway from from the baseball world. But love the question. Thank you for that one. Next up, double twenty-one, uh, pack fifty-two. How long is too long for a player to develop? How much time would you give when? they play versus when they sit and develop and if you could have one type of chips for the rest of your life what is it so uh sarah let's start with you how long are you letting guys uh sit and develop you know this is a tough question um because i think it really depends on the situation um it depends on why they were drafted was it a position of need and you know they they need to be ready to go right away and if they aren't ready in one to two years it's really detrimental and people think it's a wasted pick or is it somebody like you know if it went everything went according to plan like jordan love where they're you know they're drafted and they're expected to sit and develop for a few years before they play um so that's a that's a tough question i think you know a general ballpark i'd say about two years i think if somebody comes obviously the big you know year one is a big jump especially if we're talking you know straight from college to the nfl um pretty much you know every player that you talk to or hear from will always say that it's kind of a shock to your system and even you'll see great college players they're not like very rarely are they like a superstar immediately um, in the NFL. 
So I'd say two to three years. You know, we kind of saw it with Jari Jari Alexander too. It took him, you know, there was potential there. We saw flashes. And then, you know, years two and three, we're like, okay, yeah, this is the guy. He knows what he's doing. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on the situation. But I would say about two to three years is is really when, you know, if you draft a guy, you want him to be ready to go unless it is a situation like Jordan Love where, where you know that they're going to be a backup for a little bit. Yeah. And, whoa, hold on. Hold on. We have a food question. But what type of chip, chip. Uh, for the rest of your life? You only get one. This is tough because it should definitely be Doritos. Like, And I'm trying to decide between nacho cheese and Cool Ranch. Because I go through phases. Like, I have both in my pantry because they're always, like, two for five at Target. So, I always just buy both. And one week, I'll be like, oh, I'm nacho cheese all the way. And all I'll do is eat those for a week. And then the next week, I'm like, no, I'm Cool Ranch. So, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with nacho cheese because that's just the kick I'm on right now. But, hey, ask me again next week and I could be on the Cool Ranch. But definitely Doritos. I'll just give a basic answer and say Doritos. Yeah, and for me, I think the um, like Sarah. I mean, hit on a lot, most of the major points there. It depends on its player, uh, player and position, and then yeah, kind of the fit and how much do you have to learn. I think you know a guy like Jordan Love, where it's entirely it's, he's raw to begin with, but has an entirely different system. Yeah, it's a couple years there. We've talked about this before, but I know like the tight end position uh, generally tight ends uh you're you're looking probably year two year three before that guy is really kind of who you want him to be just because you're coming in and you're learning not only the tight end position you're learning the wide receiver routes in a lot of in most cases you're learning uh offensive line line calls and so you're you're learning essentially you know two to three positions and if you're if you're a guy like deguara or you know they've done some with Tunyon and stuff as well you're sticking on the backfield you're learning more of a fullback role as well and so i mean it's the learning curve on tight ends is is very large uh sarah touched on jair i mean typically and i feel like this has been changing a bit i think some of that has to do with you know where the player went to college and defensive scheme and all that stuff but usually if you draft a cornerback he's not doing anything until year two at the very least uh now now we have seen that change and a lot of guys you'll see come in and and do things right away but it is usually year two before they make that jump so i mean ideally you want that guy ready by year two and you know, year three at the absolute latest because that rookie deal is four years. You don't want to waste, uh, you know, three years of that rookie deal, and then by year four, well, he's ready to go. Well, now you got to decide whether you want to extend him, and you've 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 basically killed that. So ideally, what you'd want, I mean, even with those tougher positions, uh, a guy that can do a little bit in year one, a guy that can step in and be, you know, passable starter, at least a spot guy in year two, depending on the position. Maybe he's a full time starter, and then by year three, if that guy's not like a, a contributor. I, I think, you know, there's there's an issue. And sometimes there you look at someone like Sternberger. He, he's probably not going to be, you know, <laughs> out the gate really, really great this year. But he's had, you know, injury issues. And all, and now he's suspended the first two. And so I think there's always mitigating circumstances. But you want, I'd say, like, it doesn't matter where the guy's at. By year three, you want a guy who is a like a steady contributor, like spot, like a spot guy at the very least, guy who comes in and you know major sub packages, if not a starter by year three, I would say. And oh man, uh, favorite chip. You know, I don't know that I have one. I don't need a whole lot of chips anymore. So I don't know. I'm a big fan of like. Uh, kettle chips give me like some sea salt and pepper kettle chips or something and i'm fire. happy with that Those probably. Are fire too i love chips i i eat too many chips like all the time that's why i was like this sucks i love this question but i hate this question because i love chips so much and i don't want to pick just in one <laughs> Uh, I don't think I can add too much more. Like, I, I think I'm fully on board with pretty much everything you guys said. Like, honestly, I don't I, I don't think there's too much more I could add to that conversation. So I'll just go to the chips question. And I'm going to go with tortilla chips because it just gives me so – it's like – yeah, it's like the Amari Rogers of chips because it's giving me multiple facets where I can go with the guacamole, I can go with the salsa, I can even turn it into nachos. And so I did, like my first thought was Doritos, just like Sarah, but like I want that versatility. So I want to be able to eat multiple things if I only get one type of chip for the rest of my life. So I think That's I would go good. with uh, I'd go with tortilla good. chips. So I had nachos for dinner. So now I'm like thinking, I'm like, I think I gave the wrong answer because that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. 
next up, we've got Brian, the nerve grader. What event would cause you to be the most offended this season? Bears win the division, Rodgers retires, etc. And what food offends you the most? So, Dusty, we'll start with you. Oh, I don't know, man. Um, Bears win the division. I guess there's been a lot of talk this offseason about how they, you know, they've gotten better. They've gotten, they got a quarterback, which, yeah, I mean, he's rookie quarterback and he's fumbling snaps under center. So, like, whatever, man. I don't know. Maybe he's not the game breaker right out the gate that you think he's going to be. But it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like there's just been a lot more talk from uh, from Bears fans this offseason. So, if they win the division, they're just going to be louder. Uh, and I don't, I don't really care for that. I don't really have anything major against Bears fans, but, uh, you know, if they start, if everyone gets like all high and mighty, that's a Vikings thing usually. Like you get all big during the off season, and then if it pays off, like oh I knew it, I knew it. Like no one cares. So I guess I wouldn't really be offended by that, but sure, why not? Like uh, yeah, Bears, Bears won the division. Yeah, slightly offended maybe. Um, if Rogers retires, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm half expecting it at this point. I'm prepared. It wouldn't offend me. That seems like something that may happen. What food offends me? I don't know. I don't have a food that offends me. I don't think. Um, I don't know. I, I don't like this. is This is gonna make people upset. I don't like like the the white cheddar popcorn that comes in bins that has like the dust on it. I don't like that. So wow, that that food offends me. Trash take. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Dusty, I don't know if you remember, but Sarah's the one who's supposed to have the horrible takes. <laughs> I got to mix it up every now and then. Because that was really, really stupid. It's Sarah's 100th episode. I'm trying to get some of the heat off. Hey, maybe like the next 100, Steve and I will agree. Like, we'll just we'll just switch. So, <laughs> so what event would cause me to be the most offended this season? Um, 100% it would be Rodgers retires over Bears win the division just because kind of like what you said, Dusty. I'm like, sure, if the Bears win, like that would suck and Bears fans are annoying, but you know, Packers tried. If Rodgers retired, I would just be like, dude, all of that for that? Like, you just went through this whole thing and you'd rather just retire than play for the Packers? Like, I thought you were this fierce competitor who, like, that would just, I would be like, come on, really? So I'm going to go with uh, Rodgers retiring. Uh, what food offends me? Spam. Sp- that just <laughs> disgusting. I'm not going to even elaborate because it doesn't deserve an elaboration. Yeah, I, I mean, I can totally, totally see that. Uh, I... <laughs> Again, I'm I'm kind of leaning more along the lines of Dusty. Like, honestly, like I'm not really going to be offended by something that happens. Okay, l- let's go crazy. If the Lions win the division, <laughs> I would be offended. I think that I would just would, laugh. That would be humorous to me. I think <laughs> if Jared Goff leads the Lions to a division championship and gets to the Lions in the playoffs, I mean, I'd be impressed. It's like um, from Anchorman when the dog eats the wheel of cheese. I'm not mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> like, but I'm slightly offended at the same time. So I think that. And then foods that offend me, nothing too crazy. I think liver and onions has never been a th- never been a thing for me. Like pates. Like I've never never been a fan of those on a cracker stuff like that. Um, much more meat and potatoes kind of stuff. So. I think we've we've we definitely have talked about foods we like versus foods we don't like before on this podcast. So, next question, uh, our good friend Travis Mack, in the spirit of the Office, the TV show, which Packers player or coach would you prank, and what uh, would your perfect prank be? Also, what are your thoughts about beats? So fully investing into the office theme. Dusty, we will probably just skip you on this one since you don't like the office. <laughs> I can do a prank. I like the British office. I like the British office. I'm just not going to talk on beats because I, I, I don't know. It's quite true. It's quite true. It's a shrewd thing. I don't I don't care about him. I, okay. I don't like him. Um, I would go. We were talking about this ahead of time. I think I'd go Winston from New Girl and just go over the top. Like, I think I'd go with someone that, like, I felt like I like it's somewhat close to and then go over the top. But someone that would just, like, way overreact. So, I'm going to go uh, Joe Barry. And I would just, like, like fill his car with Cobras or something. Like, just something, like, way extreme. Like, ah, I got you. And he's just, just being attacked by Cobras. So, I think that would be mine. Joe Barry seems like the kind of guy, from, from what I've seen of him, that if you did, like, if you pranked him even with something small, I feel like he would get very, very upset. So, I think that'd be funny. I'm going to go the opposite way. And, like, I... I... I think it's fun when you prank someone and then they try to prank you back and you kind of start a little prank war. Um, so the 
first person that comes to mind is is Hackett. Like Nathaniel Hackett would be such a good person to do to pull a prank on, um, because I think he'd be a good sport about it, um, and then he would try to get me back. And what I would do was basically, it's kind of like a whoopee, it would be like a whoopee cushion, but instead of like it being like a fart noise, if he like <laughs> sat down on it or anything, it would just say like, I love gold over and over. <laughs> but like I would put it everywhere. So like when he walked or when he turned around and like it would be like a sensor and he just wouldn't know. Or then like sometimes it would be quiet and it would just pop out of nowhere and it would say and it would just be really annoying because he wouldn't know, he wouldn't know and it might scare him. And so that's what I would do. It would just be fun. Um, beats love Dwight Schrute hate beets so um, that, that's just how it is my aunt and uncle were like really into beet juice and they were like oh it's good for you you should try it and like I had to just like plug my nose to even like try to drink it and it, it wasn't good so but I know a lot of people like it so I don't think beets are like one of the foods where I'm like no they're, they're not like most stuff where I'm like we need to talk if you <laughs> like that it's just not for me I love pranks I think they're hilarious and I always always love watching the videos of them on you know Facebook or YouTube or whatever so a couple of the ones I would love to do is I, I would love to go to Matt LaFleur and get the air horn under his chair at his desk so at like 5 a.m. when he gets in there in the morning and he's you know sipping a cup of coffee or whatever sits down and the air horn goes off yeah that would be I would love that because then you'd have to have the camera like set up in the corner and, and get that that reaction but right now i would prank aaron Rodgers because he's being a little bit of a d right now so i would i would do a multi-tiered prank to him where i would take his cell phone during you know he shows up for practice or whatever and i would take his cell phone and i would figure out his twitter password by getting into it hacking into the cell phone so then i could start tweeting things from his phone uh, as, like on mine, and then I would also take his phone and put it in a Jello mode, and put that into his his locker. So all these things would be tweeting, and he'd be like, "Well, it wasn't me. My phone was in a Jello mode. That couldn't have been me." So I think uh, just to screw with the quarterback right now, he, he's been screwing Packers fans enough for for the whole off season. So uh, a little payback, I think, it would be something I would do. And yeah, beats I'm all all out on. I have no no desire for those. So Matt Pickett. What's the order these events will happen in and why? Okay, so we've got uh, one, two, three, four. We've got five events in the order that they will happen. Aaron Rodgers is for sure the Packers quarterback. Devontae Adams, contract extension. Sternberger cut. Dusty starts a Patreon. And the Packers sign their next free agent. And then follow up, do any of these not happen? And what are your favorite French fries? So there's a lot to, di- to digest there. So let's, uh, let's, do, let's run through it quick. Dusty, what's your order of operations for that? I'm going Packers sign next free agent one. Now it's probably going to be like a you know bottom of the roster type of guy, but still a free agent. So I'm going to go one. Rogers for sure next QB. I'm going two. Uh, Adams extension three. Sternberger is cut as four. I don't think that's happening. Uh, which leaves uh, is that Dusty starts a Patreon is five uh, out of those. Uh, so that's that's my list there. Um, and we've got uh, yeah. So any of these not happen? I mean, I think of any of those that don't happen. I think the Rogers for sure. The QB is is you know up in the air. But if it happens, that's the number two. I'm still of the mind he's coming back. So we're gonna have two. And then uh, best French fries. Uh, give me some seasoned fries, man. Some good seasoned fries like the the rally slash checker stuff or whatever they've got. Like those suckers, they've got the coating and just the perfect amount of seasoning on them and the the crispness. I love those. So give me a good seasoned fry, and I'm I'm a happy man. So I'm going to just answer this like all of these things are going to happen because in my head it's easier to process this list. Um, mine's pretty close to Dusty's, um, just a little different. So um, number one, Packer signed their next free agent. Um, number two, Rodgers uh, is for sure the QB. And then once we, we know that Rodgers is the Packers quarterback, then Devontae Adams will sign a contract extension. Then I said Dusty will start a Patreon after that because he will be so excited that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are back that then he will release a full film breakdown series about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. He'll feel very inspired and will have a lot of content up on his page. Um, and then I put Sternberger getting cut would be last. Um, again, I, I'm not sure. You know, Rodgers thing is up in the air. Sternberger is kind of question mark too, but... I'm just going to act like all of that is happening. Why are you laughing? I just, I just had an image of my head of when Rogers is back and Devontae Adams signs a contract, like extension. Like I could just see Justy just being like Quagmire from uh, Family Guy just sitting there and be like, 
giggity. <laughs> he's like the Jim Carrey gif where he's just typing like super fast. Like that's dusty. Got but... the page just ready to go. My fingers just hovering above the button just all day, just waiting for the news. Just cracks his knuckles, hits enter, and it's published. Yeah. Um, and then best friend fries. I, I I just like the traditional straight cut fries, a little bit of salt and pepper on them. Um, they got to be on the little bit of a the crunchier side i don't want them to be too soggy or mushy um but that, that's what i'm gonna go with they're, i love the traditional fries they're quite good and i'm gonna copy sarah's answer actually like the that exact process of uh order of operations is exactly what i thought would be and i also don't think sternberg is gonna gonna get cut i think they they've got it too much invested in them you know he, he came out and owned what happened to him, which I think is a really big thing, which, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of people would have denied it or, you know, this happened to me, this happened to me. And he just came out and said, I made a mistake. This is something I'm working on now. And, you know, I, I really respected that because I think it's a big person that can admit their faults. So I don't think they'll cut him. And then best French fries, you know, honestly, it's crazy. But if you get McDonald's French fries right out of the fryer, man, they're so good. Oh, they're, they're so good. good. Or like steak and shake when they're actually good. Like those skinny those little pencil ones. Fries yeah. are good. But yeah, give me give me McDonald's French fries and a, like a fountain Coke, dude. Uh, like I don't even need a burger. Like that's just I'm good. <laughs> like that's that's a high quality lunch for me. Uh, not good for my health, but high quality lunch for me. Uh, our good friend Eric Rose, who's been uh, silent for a while, chimes in, and uh, it's been a while, but he says, my friends, it's been too long. Number one, because I just had some wings, ranch, blue cheese, or who needs condiments. Number two, most impactful guy this season, inside linebacker Campbell or Stokes. And number three, most importantly, are you offended? So, Sarah, let's start with you. What are you thinking about the wings, impactful guy, and are you offended? Ranch all the way hate blue cheese love ranch especially with wings um also good to hear from you eric we were just thinking about you and how we hadn't heard from you in a bit um two more impactful guy this season i think stokes is going to be pretty impactful this season i think you know he might make a few mistakes he might get exposed a couple times but he has good guys around him and like i talked about earlier he's learning from the right guys and so i think he's going to make he's going to have a couple flash plays and stand out at times um most importantly Am I offended? Always. I'm always offended. <laughs> yeah, and for me, um, yeah, welcome back, Eric. Uh, no, no condiments for me on wings, man. Um, when we when we get together and watch football, there's usually four of us, and two guys are really into uh, blue cheese, and then uh, two of us are not, and so we just get they're they're very excited because they get the double the blue cheese, and we don't get anything. So yeah, no, I'm then listen. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna get wings, I want to taste the wing, man. I don't I don't, don't want to taste the blue cheese or the ranch. It just it just give me nothing. Uh, and then most impactful guy, yeah, I think I'm with I'm with Sarah. I think Stokes. Um, I don't think he's gonna start out the gate. But I think by, you know, halfway through the season, either through a Kevin King injury or, you know, because he's kind of stepping up or just, you know, the way the Packers play defense, I think Stokes is going to be out there a little more. Um, You know, he's going to take his lumps, obviously. Um, He's not going to come in and be just incredible right away. But I think when when he's out there, I think he's going to be a pretty big impact. I do think Campbell... I. Do think that he is going to see a lot of the field? I just think that when St- when Stokes gets out there, he's going to be bigger impact, and I think he's going to have quite a few snaps by the time the year is over. Uh, and am I offended? I don't know, man. Like rarely, probably just rarely offended. And I will go with Ranch. I'm going to go with Stokes as the most impactful guy because you guys have pretty much broken it down. And am I offended? No, not really. I mean, you, you get a little bit older in life, and you just kind of like, dude, if you, if you want to be a stupid idiot, you go be a stupid idiot. You're not going to piss me off, and I'm not going to let that really bug me. I'm just going to let it wash over me and kind of laugh at you while you do it. So that does it for all of our questions. Thank you guys, as always, for delivering. There were so many that we didn't even get to today. So um, we will give a special shout out to Sean Franken. Wanted to know our Packers, Packers Mount Rushmore uh, between players, coaches, presidents, GMs, all that stuff. So we are at some point this offseason, we're going to plan to tackle that and, and talk, uh, have an episode being that. So thank you for the question and the idea. We'll get to it at some point, but um, Again, as always, follow us on Twitter at Sarah Keller 4, at Steve Perhatch, at Dusty Easley, and at Packaday Podcast. But 
that is going to do it for us tonight. Let's uh, let's close it out here, guys. Dusty, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, I've got an article coming out today on Tisa TV. I went into the uh, 2012 Tim Mess Day to Tom Crabtree touchdown pass the uh, in week two against the Bears at uh, fake field goal, which, you know, I was kind of reading about that. There's not some of the pieces I do. There's a lot written about them. Some not so much. This one doesn't have a lot written about it, but there were some some things that I, I kind of learned that I didn't uh, or I had forgotten about or something. I mean, it was it was fourth and 26, which, you know, that brings back memories. Just that down a distance there. Fourth and 26 from the 27. And McCarthy called the play uh, because he was like, I don't really care about the field position at this point. Like, he didn't expect to get a touchdown. He said he sent, he did it to send a message, which is which is wild because there's there was still like a minute 50 left in the first half which is not a ton of time and the bears hadn't done much but it was enough time for them to do something so to call a fake field goal there when you've got mason crosby just to send the guys a message uh was 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 kind of bizarre but it worked so it's a it's a fun play uh, it's kind of kind of fun walking back through that one so that's gonna be out today over on cheesehead um and then i'm i'm not on it this week but this Thursday at 8.30 over in Game in Wisconsin, they're doing the GOAT. That's G-O-T-E, greatest of the era. So uh, Ryan Bowman and Mark Beach are going through. Uh, I'm I'm really interested in it. Uh, it's it's the basically from after Lombardi left to before they were good again. So, you know, a fairly long stretch there, kind of diving into the history. And if you want anyone kind of walking you through the history of it, Mark Beach is number one on that list, man. Like he knows more about Packers history than just about anyone. So I think I'm going to be joining them again in a couple weeks. Uh, but this week... Uh, uh, 8.30 on Thursday, they're walking through kind of the doldrum years there, but uh, I am I know I'm tuning in because I'm, I'm going to learn a lot, I assume, so uh, kind of excited about that, but yeah, that's that's me. Well, I'm sad because I just saw that KD hit a shot that basically put the game away and that the Bucks lost, so I don't want to end it on a depressing note, but hope <laughs> I literally just saw that. Dang it! Uh, Alright, well anyways, go Bucks. Hope the Bucks pull it together and win. That's my final thought. Um, and also check out Dusty's piece because he does great work um, and I always learn from him. So I'm sure you will too. Very cool. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, you're just scrolling through Twitter and, you know, obviously you guys are listening to this on Wednesday. So take a deep breath. There's still another game. There's still another two games to play. Hopefully the, the Bucks can get it done. But, I mean, we're all Wisconsin sports fans for the most part. So we all know what it's like to be kicked in the junk multiple times and, <laughs> and get right back up and start cheering again. So, um, on to game six, as, as you like to say, move on, let's get it done. And, uh, hopefully the bucks can force game seven. So thanks to you guys for listening as always. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, we, we may have a special guest. Dusty might have a, a special guest lined up, uh, coming in the next few weeks. So Sarah, whenever that happens, Sarah and I will jump off and it will be a Packers offensive, like just, just nerd, just nerd stuff, man. Just mm, scheme yeah. nerd stuff. I'm so excited. Dusty was asked if Sarah and I wanted to be on that. We were like, eh, maybe I'll take that week off. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, uh, but yeah, look forward to that. And we've got a couple other things lined up too. So uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun couple of months before we get back to actual Packers football. But it'll be an exciting time. So thank you as always for listening. We will talk to you next week. And as always, go pack, go.